Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, this is Anita, and I have been away for quite a few weeks, uh, so I haven't done a podcast for two months, so I do apologise. Life has been quite hectic, work has been quite hectic. It's been a busy month of May for me, so I was quite privileged. I was invited to the first showing of the Davina McCall Sex, Mind and Menopause documentary, um, so I feel quite privileged at being invited to that. I also was interviewed with the producer for the show, Kate Muir. Uh, and I was interviewed on BBC Breakfast. So that was a bit of an adventure. That was a bit exciting for me, to be honest with you, going down to BBC Breakfast, in, well, going up to BBC Breakfast in Salford. So that was quite fun for me. Uh, I've also had a busy time with regards to black women in menopause. We had a an event, which we hope to have again, probably next, probably next year. And that was sex and menopause. It was quite informative, quite educational, and it was a bit of fun. And within my day-to-day life, I'm a community engagement advocate. And part of my work, I am including menopause. So the charity I work for has a, well, is allowing me to include the menopause discussion as part of my charity delivery work. So I'm going to be organising a face-to-face meetup on a monthly basis with the women I come across in relation to my charity work. So that will be happening starting um, next month so I'm quite excited about that and I've got I've got a speaker lined up to talk about good mental health so it's in it's in similar theme to what we're talking about within this podcast here now I'm going to shut up <laughs> and let you listen to the podcast because that's what you're here for but um if you wish to find a bit more about me follow my social media and it's um black meno 
Beyond. So it's B effects. I think it's B L K. Sorry, Menno and Beyond. So if you on Twitter, Instagram, and I've got a Facebook page called Black Menopause and Beyond Podcast. So if you want to follow me on any of those social media channels, please do. If you wish to contact me, you just need to follow me and then just inbox me, and I will be able to um, respond to you. And um, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> This is Anita and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I have a team of amazing women, absolutely amazing. They are a powerhouse of menopause and strength. <laughs> so I have Nina and I have Joe Linda and I have Jenny. And I'll get them to introduce themselves. So they're just going to say who they are and at what stage of the menopause they're in. And maybe some job titles as well. So it gives you an idea of what they do beyond this podcast. So if I could start with Jolinda, please. Hi, I'm Jolinda Johnson. I'm an award-winning certified life coach and certified holistic health coach who specializes in burnout and perimenopause. So I help people get back their spark so they can go set the world on fire in midlife and beyond. I am at the beginning of perimenopause and very happy to be here to have this conversation about how we can feel good through menopause. And Jenny, are the two J's? <laughs> so my name is Jenny Stout. I'm um, an ex-Olympian. So I went to two Olympic Games, bronze medalist. I'm 57 years old, so I think I would say I'm post-menopausal. And, and I run a sports agency, um, and I have two budding teenage girls who hopefully would love to become Olympians as well. And Nina? Nutty Nina, co-founder of Black Women in Menopause with the lovely, astonishing Anita. I'm 49, and I'm post-menopausal and have been for coming up to four years now. But I'm 48... <laughs> And I'm Perry. So um, I'm Perry Menopause and I'm a community worker. I'm a podcaster, exactly. And also I'm the co-founder of Black Women in Menopause. I also run a um, like a community menopause group in the town that I live in in Bedford. So that's what I do. And I'm here with these absolutely, absolutely free, amazing women. And we're going to talk about how to feel good through the menopause. So first of all, I'm going to ask everyone, are they feeling good through their their menopause or you know post-menopause? How do you feel? I think it's a touch and go at the moment. I think it's a it's one of these days, I think it's one of those things where you have to constantly remind yourself about who you are and where you are and what's going on. I think it's a, you have to keep triggering yourself while you feel a certain way, if your heart you're tired you have to like have a reminder to to allow you to be a warrior i'm feeling good but i guess like jenny that's not an accident it's definitely something that um is the result of a lot of knowledge and being proactive with that knowledge um so that i can prepare myself for each of the phases 
of perimenopause as I move through them um, and supporting myself with things like exercise and diet, um, not through the lens of being at war with my body because I, I've been in eating disorder recovery for the last 13 years. So that's not interesting to me. Um, I, I really want to be at peace with myself, but that means approaching my body from a place of kindness and compassion and learning about all of the ways that I can really meet it where it's at. And I will also add that one of the reasons why I feel good is because I work for myself and I'm able to rest when I need it. I'm able to reschedule things if I need to to really capitalize on the bursts of energy and insight, inspiration as they come. And I, I have no idea how I would feel if I were still in a job that required me to show up in the exact same way every single day uh, on someone else's terms. So <laughs> feeling good, but again, it's not an accident. It's, it's, a, it's a result of a lot of intentional choices. And also I, I feel grateful to be one of... Um, one of, I, I almost venture to say few women who actually experience relief with antidepressants. I feel very lucky. The depression that was becoming unbearable as a result of my hormonal changes responded to an antidepressant, which has been life-saving. So, you know, I, I'm for really being proactive, but being your own advocate and if you want to feel good through menopause, and it, a lot of it is about being open to to radical change, whether that be, yeah. you know, career, lifestyle, diet, but it's not an accident to feel good through menopause. <laughs> a lot of it's usually by <laughs> intentional and, and, and choices. You, and, you're completely, and you're completely right in terms of like understanding yourself and your body, because the thing is, I think for women, the hardest thing is is the whole aging process and just like how our bodies used to be when they were younger and how they are now. And it is, is like you said, it's, 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 it's that change has that change got to be. We can manage it to however yeah. we feel is right for us as individuals. But, you know, I, I love to exercise. That's my thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I like the idea of an athletic body because that's where I come from. But yeah. I'm, I may not require the level of what I did when I was in my 20s or my 30s or 40s, but I'm okay with that because I'm just reaching the level of a 57-year-old, do you know? And I'm and I'm, and I'm I'm championing that. And I think that's one of the things that you almost have to fall in love about when you're, when you're maturing as a woman. Mm-hmm. And the change yeah. is to understand the change that's happening with you and then to be able to embrace that and to make that thing be the best thing for you without yeah. the outside noises and without the judgment of everyone else because the hard you know the only person who judges who can judge you is yourself and we are our hardest critics when it comes to certain things and not everybody sees the way think the way that we see things and a lot of the times they only judge us by how we judge ourselves so you know it it was a classic thing I was I think it's one of the one of Spanish actresses was talking about when she has an argument with somebody, she'll be arguing them in Spanish and she was like telling them all sorts of stuff. And they'll be looking at her and laughing and thinking, what is she saying to me? I have no idea what she's saying to me. And then mm-hmm. she said, if she turned around and said it in English and the person heard the words, mm-hmm. they would be affected totally different because they heard it. So what she basically was saying is that it's not what's been said, it's how we t- in- interpret it into ourselves is the thing that turns our feelings around. Because what we don't know 
doesn't hurt us. And yeah. that's the thing we almost have to, and it's and 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 it isn't easy because we are emotional beings, like we, women are emotional. And I, I think it's very, very difficult for people to actually understand the actual emotions that we go through because you know the menopause isn't about our mental like prowess because we're strong we give birth people are on this earth because of women right because we give birth end of story the change that goes on within us is something that we can't control you know it's you know the emotions we can't put a finger we can't just switch it off and go and do something it's something that we have to learn to understand and live with and try and be strong with and try and also take on this outside world at the same time. And that's damn hard. We have to keep constantly reminding ourselves that we have this, 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 I don't remember if I call it a mountain, but we have this, this system to navigate and we can navigate it however quick we want however slow we want. But like you said, it's much easier when you're looking after yourself or you're in charge of yourself in terms of business life wise. Mm-hmm. Very difficult, very hard when individuals don't understand you or won't get you. But yeah. there's one thing I'm beginning to learn because it's really funny because I, I'm running around doing so much of the work. But, uh, I mean, at the moment because of work. But if you ask anyone who's close to me, like my girls or the people I work with, they'll tell you that I'm not busy. They're like, what's mm. you doing? I'll be like, what? what? They always say but, but I could get upset with it like I used to and, and go, no, I do this, I do that. But you know what? I'm like, okay, you're not going to see it. I'm just going to let myself go, move on and do my thing. Mm. When I'm ready to take my rest, I'll take my rest. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it is, it is, it's a life experience journey. And like mm. you said, uh, you know, it's about taking on the experiences that we learn, learning and understanding and choosing our words to ourselves wisely. That's what I would say. So, and Nina, how do you feel? Are you feeling good through the menopause? Am I feeling good through the menopause? She's smiling. Ex- Look at her. What an excellent question. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's like anything, whatever stage of your life, you're going to have your ups and your downs. And yeah, at times I have my downs, as you know, and then there's other times you're going to have your ups. It's it's like the weather, you know, if a storm comes in, no, the storm will eventually pass and there'll be either a beautiful rainbow followed by gorgeous weather. And then, you know, shit storm's going to come in again. At this stage in my life, what's built health and happiness are a variety of pillars and I think depending on how you've nourished those particular pillars as Jenny said about exercise as Jolinda said about diet and things then that's integral in making the body the mind spiritually emotionally giving you that goodness and it does help and surrounding yourself with people I've, I've got my non-negotiables and I'm quite happy to you know excel the bullshit of bringing in that negativity and you know in terms of I, I do see myself like the sun and if the sun loses its mass oh shit the rest of those planets are in for it so if I <laughs> can make here it is <laughs> so if I can make myself well, then all the circulating planets around me, family, friends, etc., they're going to be on point as well. But yeah, different times it'll be good. Different times it'll be bad. Just as, you know, if I think back when I was a teenager, shit, hits at times, but then a good time. So just because you're moving from peri to menopause, post-menopause, doesn't mean it has to be... <sighs> All doom and gloom and this and yeah, that. I, think I agree. Surrounding yourself with the right people is 
instrumental yeah. in that development growth and the mindset and like us coming together straight away okay yeah a bit you know I'm like a gremlin after six o'clock in the evening <laughs> but I know coming together with you gorgeous ladies and the positivity and the vibe oh yeah I'm soon smiling again <laughs> put me in a room full of pit bulls and I'll turn into a pit bull as well <laughs> I love how you mentioned the mind-body-spirit connection, Nina. That's so much of what I focus on in, in my work. I don't think you can separate them in any stage of life, but especially in midlife. You know, it's such a potent time to renegotiate the relationship we have with our bodies and reestablish that connection between the body and the mind and really open ourselves up to our greatness from a spiritual perspective. And it's such a time of liberation and realizing, you know, like we don't need all this bullshit that we put on ourselves. We don't need to subscribe to all of these roles that um, other people have convinced us were ours to take on. And if we're up for it, we can really start fresh with a lot of things and create a life that truly lights us up. So, yeah, so stop caring about, you know, what you said earlier, yeah. less about what people think so for me mm. I decided let's get the skateboard out let's learn with my 10 year old son you know mm-hmm. crazy black woman with a, a blue skull hat <laughs> helmet cruising down the promenade <laughs> so what I'm having fun and anybody else not having fun laughing at me well you've had the laugh out of me and that's made you smile and those hormones then even better but yeah. I'm just flying and gliding along and happy with the hair in my balding wig <laughs> <laughs> I found I found a quote, and I like this quote. The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. Hundreds, yeah. hundreds. Yeah, if you're fixed in yeah. that, then yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's, and that's and that's the you know the understanding of life. Like we all see things differently, and we all understand things differently. And I think that you know what I try to especially say to my girls is that um, um, we have to allow individuals to have their opinion because their opinions are their opinions. You know, we can never stop someone from having an opinion, but that opinion doesn't have to so us, and we don't have to feel that we have to change minds or spend all those time trying to convince someone to see you. Like all the time you spend trying to convince somebody, can't you see I am this person? It's like when I when I eventually decided to go grey, I remember um, having so many negative, so many negative comments. And I, I'm never a real conscious individual. I don't, you know, I just get up in the morning, get dressed myself, and do my thing. But when I was going grey, I found myself becoming the most conscious person I've ever met in my entire life. Like you know, you'd go a bit of your headscarf on, and I would, you know, do the makeup or whatever take the headscarf off and I could feel my inner self just drop because I could see the gray and I remember individuals when they're talking to me just looking at my forehead and I knew exactly what they were saying because I used to say it to people before when I was dying my hair like why are you letting those gray show why are you doing this to yourself and I you know and I had friends saying to me you know look you know are you okay like you know you're like somebody who's not taking care of yourself you know you're going for you know is there something going on there's all these things and 
the reason why I couldn't go, I couldn't dye my hair anymore is because I was allergic to hair dye and, and, and I was having really bad reactions. So I just couldn't do it anymore. I used to remember walking past mirrors and windows and looking at every single window, every single mirror and feeling really down with myself and thinking, I just don't like this feeling. I feel so old. I feel really terrible. And then it got to a stage where I just thought it, it was making me really sad. And, you know, I'd get up in the morning and I was really quite tearful. And I just said to myself, look, this is this is how it's got to be, Jennifer. Like, you can't dye your hair because you're going to give yourself an allergic reaction even bigger than beforehand. You just can't do it. So I just said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to own this, baby. I'm going to own this and I'm going to make it deliberate. And I'm going to let people see that I'm doing this because I want to do it. And I'm going to rock it the way I want to rock it. And as soon as I started coming together with it and I accepted it and I was no longer looking or making, I, I said, make up stories like, oh, oh the reason why I'm getting grace. And I could hear myself doing it thinking, why are you giving them a life story? So as soon as I stopped that and I started carrying on, as soon as someone said something about the gray hair, I just shut it down straight away, carried on. After a period of time, all of a sudden, everyone was like, oh my God, the gray hair looks so good on you. Oh my God, I can't believe you. You look amazing on you. And only, and the only reason reason why they did that is because I stopped pointing out to them how I felt about me. Once I owned it, the noise stopped. And that's something that it's not always easy because you can't always do that about everything in life. But it's one of the things that one of my greatest lessons that I learned, I have to own who I am as an individual. And if I walk around with confidence, everyone else will see that confidence and there'll be no room for a, you know, a discussion about something negative or whatever it may be. And I, t- I totally agree with that kind of sometimes you have to just say, well, I don't, I've, I, I know with me, I've, I've reached a point now where you see this, you see this, Anita? If you don't like it, it's not, it's not my problem, it's yours. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. If, so if I have imperfections which you have an issue with, then I'm not going to lose any sleep over it if you wish to. Because you have too much time on your hands, go ahead. Crack on. Yeah. yeah. Crack on. You can only control what you what you can control. Don't worry about yeah. what other people. I know it's easier said than done, because we are only human, and it's like trolling through comments. You might have hundreds of positive comments, but you'll that will be that one negative comment that you'll take away and you'll let it manifest with you. Isn't well, it crazy? Isn't it yeah. crazy? Just how we are wired up as human beings. That's the thing that we do. Like, I don't know where or how that wired up in our system somehow. But to, we to, avoid to avoid danger. Sorry? To avoid danger. Yeah. In that, because we're wired to hold on to, um, you know, negative information because in the beginning, it it's much more valuable to know that... Um, if I go there, I'm going to get hurt. If I go there, something good's going to happen, right? So it's like a survival. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? When our brains were first being formed for survival, but now they know that it takes it takes five positive experiences to balance one negative. Wow, that's how heavy it is. Um, but uh, I think it was a, a year before I. So I went gray when I shaved my head. <laughs> so I went from having this big, beautiful head of, I mean, it was a mane um, uh, of curls to, you know, shaving it down to basically nothing. I knew I had to do something radical because if I didn't, I'd be tempted to keep dying it. Yeah. And, um, but if what I find is when I look back at photos of myself with, um, three years ago, I had blonde 
a blonde Afro. I mean, so far away from my natural color. And I had so many people say, your hair is amazing. I love your hair. I felt so far away from myself. I felt every day, even though people were saying you're so beautiful, blah, 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 did not feel like I was truly owning up to who I am. And I didn't feel like I was truly in my essence. About a year before I shaved my head, I wrote a post saying, I'm not a pretty girl. And it was interesting because there were a lot of people who thought I was, there was a long caption that went along with that explaining, but there were still people who just said, what are you talking about, Jolinda? You're, you're, you're a beautiful woman. And that was not the point. Point was, I no longer want to subscribe to that label of pretty because pretty is so often something that we feel like we have to maintain. You know, it's like the rent that we have to pay simply to exist. It's also, in many parts of the world, pretty is whiteness. You know, your proximity to whiteness. Yeah. And that's also something that obviously as a black woman, I wanted to reject. (laughs) And so I said, I'm not a pretty girl. And from that moment, it was such a moment of liberation. Like, I just want to be human for once. I just want to explore what it's like to not use that as a measurement of my worth. Yeah. And um, shaving my head was the first thing I ever did solely for how it would make me feel without any concern for how it would make me look. It was really confronting when, you know, even though people said, I love, I love it. I love it. You know, you, you look so good, blah, blah, blah. But I noticed walking down the street for the first time I was invisible to the male gaze. Uh, I was like, okay, do I care? Part of me did. Um, not enough to go back to dyeing my hair, but that was the first time that it really, it was no longer theoretical. It was like, okay, this is happening. I am no longer that girl. I am moving into this new phase of my life. And this is what it really feels like to own yourself, to own your choices and to not care about other people's approval. And in that process, I feel like I really came home to myself more than I ever have because now I'm free to just do what I want. How you feel about it is is pretty irrelevant because that feeling of having full ownership of your choices is incredibly powerful. And I think that's that's something that um, we have a real opportunity to do in midlife if we're willing. Do you think as we get older, um, say in terms of looks, start to? Well, I, I'll be honest. I think I'm getting better. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm looking at the three of you and I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I'm not seeing the effects of aging on any of these faces. If you saw a picture of me when I was 10, oh, you know, shut the door on it. I agree. I I agree that we that we look better as we get older. Like hundred percent. I I agree. Yeah. I, I do agree. We, skin wise, we age better. I think. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and I think also as well, it's just this whole thing about the way we carry ourselves. Like so much different from like how my mother. Like even now, how she carries herself is all about. It's all about how everybody else feels about her and how she looks with everyone else and how you know coming from the Caribbean and everything. It's all about whether a neighbour likes or whether this person says she looks good. Whether this person says she looks like she's ten and she's not and she's hundred years old. But someone told me that I that, that I look really young. All of that kind of stuff is what she was brought upon and you know and was descended on me as an individual. But 
And, you know, my mum is 80, 80 this year. She would not have one ounce of grey hair flicking out of her head. She literally does not get how I am as an individual. She does not get it at all. She just says, oh, I wish I could, but, oh, no. Everyone would say I look too old for my age if I go grey. But, you know, it's fine. And yes, but, it, but it's because of her generation. Yeah. It's her generation. And I accept that generation. So, but for us, you know, when I look at us now and women and just this time of life, we are so together in terms of ourselves that we've found. Not everyone is though. This is this is the thing. I think the thing is that I think even though women collectively we have more room to be more independent and powerful, there are still women that either choose to adopt traditional roles, which um, which makes them highly submissive, and they want they don't want feminism. They don't want women to be empowered. They want to be taken care of. They want that kind of traditional structure. Um, so I think but some women don't engage with it. Bad thing for the individual because I would never. If somebody chose to have that as their life and they were happy in that life, I would always be like alarmed by it. Is if you're saying that you this is the life that I'm in, but then you're complaining about that life. Because that's <laughs> because that's whole new, because that's that's not about only who you are. But I'm I I'm I'm okay. Hey, if somebody says that I'm fine being traditional and you know being the, the woman that I want to be and whoever that woman may be, I think it's their choice. I, I really do think it's choice. And I think it's it becomes it becomes a problem when you try to pigeonhole everybody to be a certain way. Like you've got to be independent or you've got to do this. You can't be, you know, one of these women that wants to stay home to look after your kids and your husband. If that's what you choose to, and it makes you happy. I've I have women that I know who are in marriages. That's all they want to do. And they're happy doing that. Yeah. And two two things. Happiness and health. Yeah. I think that Yeah. If you think of it like a seesaw, is it well balanced? Are you healthy and are you happy? Yeah. If you're not happy, then answer your own question. Affect your health. Yeah. But I think it's interesting though how what made us happy or what we thought the life that we Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thought would make us happy in our 20s um, might not be the life that makes us happy in our 40s and our 50s. Or the life that we were taught to fear in our 20s is actually the life that makes us happiest in our 40s and 50s. You know, I, I, I never thought that I would be happy as a single mother divorced with my own business. I did not think that that was the road to happiness because I was taught to fear those things growing up. And yet I wouldn't trade my life for the world. I, I love those things. Life. It's other things that are instrumental that mm. put you in that place where you are now. I've noticed, especially when I talk to certain types of women, so some of the women who, are, who I've spoken to around subject menopause, if they have a history where, how can I put it, their looks have heavily influenced their life, the loss that they experience, the grieving they go through, through midlife and menopause is major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep, deep rooted. It's, yeah, yeah. I can understand what you, what you're saying there, Anita, because it's it's deep rooted, and then you've got to go back and untangle all of that pressure and years that you've had on that for something that's maybe just, yeah. And social media doesn't help; it exacerbates mm. of how and what we should look like. You know, for me. <laughs> I never did say I'm getting better with age. But I'm not, you know, I don't wear makeup. Because you're very natural, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Leave that leave that chin alone. (laughs) You can't see them on here, can you? (laughs) Rubbing the testosterone in the wrong place. I'm telling you that you get when you get older, like the hair is just everywhere. Like, you know, my my fiance and I, sometimes I sit there and I've got my shave and I'll be like this. Jenny, because you know this is going out, it. don't you? You don't want to, you don't want to be airing that. <laughs> no, but it's a fact. Because you know what it is? Because it, it is the change of our body. Like, okay, like I, I was sitting the other day and I was sitting down and I and I was looking around like my little private area. I was thinking, <laughs> hold on a second. This is this used to be really torn. Mm. And now it's no, almost like cinema. more more skin and I'm like what but then but then but it, but it's a fact it's an absolute fact like I can't look at it and think oh my god like this is so depressing what am I going to do about it my boobs like they're just not firm like just just it, it, it is what it is but what I can do is work on okay have a really good diet so I feel like I'm putting something good in my body what have some exercise so I feel like I'm doing good in my body I understand the change but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and accelerate the change because it's happening and I'm thinking oh my gosh like you know this is, this is really terrible so I'm, you know I'm going to make myself sad so I'm going to go and do some, something negative to make it even more negative so I'm like okay Jennifer like this is what's going on down there like there's nothing you can do about it you just got to do the best you can slow the process down if you can but if you can't you just have to rock with it you just have to rock with it so I will do you know my you know my training and I'll I'll um, I'll um, eat really well because as long as I feel good then I'm I'm okay and that's feeling good well, there's, there's of so much there's so much energy we can use fighting against reality right yeah, um, yeah. when you know I often think of for me going with the flow is really choosing to be in reality 
and not trying to constantly manipulate your reality, you know, so accepting whatever, whatever it is, this is what's happening and not fighting it all the time. I think some women, this is, this is what I was kind of thinking of with regards to loss. Some women, historical reality compared to their current reality being midlife menopausal. I presume, because I've never lived in their skin, so I don't know how much their looks have influenced their every day. But, but I once interviewed um, a woman who, I mean, she, she was actually beautiful. She was in her late 40s, I think. Absolutely beautiful woman. But based on what she told me, she only realised till she hit mid-40s how much her looks influenced her interactions and she just absorbed it subconsciously and now she doesn't get beauty privilege even though she's attractive um because a large proportion she's an age where a large proportion of men would never find her attractive even though she is attractive yeah, yeah. but that's but that's yeah but that's that whole mind thing again is is that a yeah. lot of women from what i understand that is part of their menopause anxiety because they've lost it for good and no matter how much HRT they take or how much exercise or how much diet, the only thing for them is Botox and and having things pulled, their skin pulled. But that's quite dramatic. But well, I, I, I remember my first boyfriend after my divorce said, have you ever thought about getting breast implants? And I was like, on. and I was like, no, like, you might want to look into that, you know, lift them up a bit. And he really got in my head. I was seriously, not seriously, like I wasn't, I didn't go to a consultation, but I was like, I guess I... Like, I guess that part of my body is no longer attractive, you know. Then you get to a point where you're like, you know, like that's what is attractive because to me, energy is attractive, you know. It's what is the energy that that yeah, person but is, I'm, yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not opposed of anyone wanting to look good, right? Because I think that yeah. that's that's also part of who they are as an individual. I think that if a woman wants to look good and looking good is what makes her feel good about herself. I think, yeah, great. I think it's, I think, I think if you want to be attractive, be attractive. If you want to wear the, wear the latest thing and, 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 and be the person who champions yourself, it's fine. I think that the thing where it becomes concerning is when the only way you feel great and wonderful is if somebody tells you. That's yes. when it becomes concerning. But I think there's also looking good versus looking sexy because a lot of us weren't given the opportunity to explore what looking sex like what is looking sexy. Yeah, but looking sexy for art, like like for me, someone said, oh, yeah, but Jennifer, you, you know, do you, do you want to look sexy? I'm like, no, I'm 57. I want to be attractive, but I don't want to be sexy. Like, sexy is, no, no. Because it that can't depends be on the I'm interpretation 57. of it. Huh? That's that's all based on people's interpretation of what sexy is and how yeah. portrayed yeah, but, in the same but, yeah, or what's but good I want looking. To be, yeah, what I, I like the word attractive for me because it goes with my maturity. Sexy, I feel, is like a teenage thing or a young thing or something that you have to you have to look a certain way to be accepted. No, I don't want to be that. I want to be attractive. So attractive shows that I have I have years of experience. It shows I am I I, I have something to give 
to myself as well as to anyone else. So I'd rather be attractive. I don't need to be sexy. Like sexy is wanting the outer external attention. We don't we don't need that. Like I don't think I need that at, at my age. I do. I, I have heard women say they want to be desired, and I think that's more mm-hmm. the physical side than on the whether they're pretty picture. So I I do think it does differ for different women. So when we go further into psychological mindset of where all of this actually manifests them. But it's it's media, isn't it? It's media, it's the world. And then centralisation of how we should. and, And also as well, to be fair, if women were to actually get together, every time someone pulls somebody out on a newspaper and say, look at her bunion or look at her... Her, her cross legs or look at the flag. If women got together and outed all these individuals, the men, everyone, and just said, you know what, we're all going to be, we don't care, we're going to champion each other, we're not going to put each other down, this would not be a conversation. We wouldn't allow oh, people to put it on a newspaper or do whatever. We wouldn't We wouldn't allow it, but we do allow it. Like, we, why can't Why can't we get together as an army and just say, stop that crap? Well, I think sometimes yeah, women sometimes are horrible. If you, if you think now, yeah. it's like a school ground, I've said this to Anita before. It's like a school ground. You yeah. think back in school and you got the popular people and that it it still is as you move through decades, whether you're in your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, power. Yeah, and well the patriarchy wants to keep I mean traits. that that's the patriarchy. <laughs> And yeah. keep us fixated on these things that, at the end of the day, are actually irrelevant, uh, but keep us divided and distracted. You know, there's so much emphasis uh, in the perimenopausal space around weight, and not from a health perspective, but from just... <laughs> You know, like you, you're you're losing it. You're you're losing you're losing your worth. You're losing your vitality if you're if you're gaining weight. Like, oh my gosh! Like, look at that menopausal middle. We hear this messaging all the time. You know, instilling in in everyone around something that. Um, are you nourishing yourself? Are you moving your body? Do you do you enjoy waking up in the morning? Are you? I mean, there are so many different things that determine your well being. You could have a whittled little waist and you know, totally starving for life, and yet we're constantly shown this one example of like this is what you should constantly be striving for. Um, same and narrative. Yes, yeah, same, same narrative. narrative. When you're younger, oh, it's puberty. You're putting on a couple of pounds as you as you're transforming into. A, a woman and then it, yeah yeah well something that comes up with my clients a, a lot because you know we, we hear about perimenopause being the second puberty and I'll I'll make a confession this came up with a few days ago because um my eating disorder started um at 10 but you know at 12 I was really just obsessed with how how little can I eat in a day and how small can I keep myself um and I read Gwyneth Paltrow's morning routine um it just popped up in my Instagram it's like oh I wonder what she does out of curiosity and Gwyneth Paltrow is someone that I idolized uh when I was younger um you know 12 basically you know I wake up at six, but I don't eat until noon. I have a coffee between six and 12. And my 12 year old self was like, see, that's what you should be doing. And I said, sit down, sit down. 
We are not doing that. We feel good eating three meals a day. We feel good eating breakfast. There's no reason why we need to do intermittent fasting. You've done that before. It doesn't make you happy and it doesn't make any difference, positive difference in your life. So just stop, you know. Our adolescent selves, those insecure versions of ourselves come out to play during perimenopause because once again, our bodies are changing. A lot of things are happening that are beyond our control. We might be feeling insecure about those changes. You know, they're kind of raising their hands, like, see, if you if you tried this, if you did this, things things would go back to 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 being safe. So much of this is learning to be uncomfortable in in the changes and knowing that there is no going back. You know, there's there's only going forward. And the and the more desperately you try to cling to who you were, the less room you're leaving for who you're becoming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say fear whether it's real or perceived is the most powerful manipulation of all conversations. Absolutely. We have to choose carefully our words. Does anyone here overthink? Oh, hell yeah. I overthought. I overthink and then I forget what I I'm a Virgo. Yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. See, I try to, if I find myself overthinking, I'll go back and start reading affirmations and start looking at things that I can kind of put myself in a happy place. And I'll read whether it's the secret or whether it's, I don't know, whatever it may be that puts me, puts the energy back into myself. Because sometimes you do. Sometimes you just, you know, things are just not going right. Uh, the world outside just doesn't see how much you're, you're, you're working so hard or doing whatever you're doing. And the recognition may not be there. And certain things may pop up and, and grab your attention that shouldn't grab your attention. So the moment I feel that, like, my anxiety is getting high or I feel fearful then I know it's time for me to start going back and reading the things that make me feel good, doing my little gratitude manuals, doing all this sort of stuff and reaffirming myself that I am who I am and, and taking little pocket times away from me and doing little things that make me feel good. That's what how I stop myself from overthinking because because of the way that um, the world is and, and the things you want to accomplish and the things that you're seeing and the changes you're going through in terms of your life and stuff. When you, when you take all that information on it, it's, it's damn huge and it's just too much. And sometimes I just don't want to go there. Like it, I don't, and I don't feel the necessary. I don't feel necessary to go there. So when I feel that I'm getting there, I will shut that baby down, and I will just get out my information books, listen to my, listen to a podcast, listen to something that just fills my cup back up again. And I will do that. Sometimes the girls just like, oh, you got that on again. That's all we ever hear every day. Every day we hear the same thing, but it puts me back onto line again, takes me back to our end. I need to go, fills up my cup, and then I can crack on again. But it is, it is one of those things. It, it's, it's, it's a constant lesson. It's like. You have to keep re-educating yourself on a regular basis. A lot of it is, I believe, that... The overthinking, I think flipping it on a to a positive side i think sometimes depending on the situation and what it is it can be good to overthink so you can reevaluate assess and then move on so you can develop a stronger growth mindset for that next situation but i'm not saying it always works for everything of just like completely as you said there shutting the door and then moving on i think it it needs to be well balanced <laughs> on what that overthinking attitude or strategy is for that particular obstacle. But then again, for other people, if you're totally in that set of constantly overthinking and that balloon is just going and going and going, at some point it's going to overstretch and 
Yeah. And I think that's where the negativity can occur. Well, all all joking aside, I'm I'm much better at not overthinking than I used to be. But that's something that um, really ramps up for a lot of women. The anxiety as the result of the hormonal changes. A particular client now who um, said, you know, I always used to just kind of let things let things go and lately I just feel like I can't I just go down the rabbit hole um, and I go down that spiral that can also be a result of um, the hormonal changes and I think that the the mental health aspect of perimenopause is something that um, often talk about but it's always, you know, we notice mood changes. Most of us notice mood changes before major cycle changes. And yet it's not talked about as much, especially for those of us who, one of the reasons why um, my depression got so bad was because I already had um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, and so I had a period of 12 years where I wasn't taking medication and I was managing things just fine through diet and lifestyle and, you know, all of those supportive practices. But it was getting to a point where it wasn't just, you know, the a day or two before my period. It was like at really random times, you know, um, as your cycle's changing <laughs> and then things are fluctuating, it's like, this is, this used to be the safe zone. Why am I having to devote so much energy just to get to baseline, you know? And that's the thing that I think I, I hear over and over again is I, why did I wait so long um, before I, I, I sought help? And it's so hard for, for a lot of us who associate getting support with weakness or not being able to handle it, you know, feeling ashamed that we haven't been able to figure out what to eat and what to supplement and, you know, how to work out. And like, if we just found the magic puzzle, then we wouldn't have to, you know, go on HRT or take an antidepressant or take an anti, you know what I mean? In the wellness space, there's a lot of villainization as well of um, prescription drugs. Everything works for everyone. Well, I think we're actually going to, we're coming close to the end, but I thought it would be good if people give examples of, of good self-care. I mean, I think we've mentioned quite a few. Shaving my chin. And also, um, maybe, uh, Jalyn, because you actually, that's your job, that's your Yeah, of course. Maybe if you yeah. could give us a breakdown Tips. first, and then the rest of us can possibly add our own personal things. But what would you tell us if we turned up on your couch saying, I'm, I'm unhappy? <laughs> Let's slither on in there. (laughs) Well, first I would I would look at the basics, which for me are you know how are you sleeping? Um, Yeah. You know how are you are you nourishing yourself with food, and how are you moving? You know that's that's the baseline. And then after that, we would look at self compassion, being kind to yourself. Boundaries, creating space for yourself. And that's a big one because so many of us moving through perimenopause need more space than ever, but we have more demands than ever as well. So it's renegotiating that and realizing I'm not available because the archetypes, you know, maiden, mother, crone, you know, between mother and crone, we've got the MAGA. That's 
the perimenopausal phase and the MAGA is all about reclaiming that energy that the maiden and the mother have given to everyone else. And so much of self-care during perimenopause is recognizing I need more time and space for me and the things that bring me joy, regardless of what you think about it. I'm not, I'm not as available as I used to be. So what is it that you need to do to tend to yourself? You know, is it maybe taking um, a class that has to do with an interest that you gave up years ago? Um, Or is it spending daily time outside and reconnecting with nature, which is also really helpful for, we have to look at stress, you know, what's the role of stress in your life? Because especially as black women, we have so much stress that we carry. Racism is a constant state of stress. We carry these things with us without even realizing how heavy the load is a lot of times. And at midlife, when we no longer have that hormonal buffer, everything just, you know, we lose a lot of our our resilience from a hormonal perspective. I mean, you know, everything just comes to the surface. If we aren't managing our stress, then we are, um, we're going to have an even more time with all of the hormonal fluctuations of perimenopause. That's, um, so that's key stress management. And then also, you know, the surrender and the inner trust. And, um, for me, surrender is a really powerful form of, of self-care because there's only so much that is ever under our control. And it's very, it's, it's a really small amount, really. <laughs> um, so the more comfortable we, we are with, you know, just accepting that where we are is where we're meant to be and not using our energy to fight against reality, but, but choosing to be kind and compassionate with ourselves as we, as we move through all of these changes. So yeah, self-care is, is, is really personal for, for everyone, but a lot of it comes down to um, how am I using my time? How am I using my energy? How am I being kind to myself? And, and where is my joy? Am I following the joy and creating space for that? And thank you very much for that. Very good. (laughs) And and that's now my homework. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get 10 out of 10 and a a nice um, gold star and maybe a sticker. That's my aim. I felt like the I felt like the pressure was on Anita when you, you said you know this, this is your job, Jolinda. So what would you do? I said, like, okay. <laughs> Pressure's on. You made me think. You made me feel like a job. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like it. Because the thing <laughs> is sometimes you're so busy, and as you say, midlife, you you're juggling families, you're juggling work, um big finances and you may be juggling looking after an elderly relative um, and yes. all these things and we're supposed to just and also you 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 know you brought the element of the black female experience and the fact that we have you know ex- experience in racial reverie we have that the negativity that we sometimes experience at a higher level than other women because yeah. of you know sometimes we're not accepted or we're not we're not we're not nurtured, we're not valued. Um, and then we reach a stage in our life where some women, they can't struggle, they can't manage because we don't get a break. You can't, you can't have a weekend away from being black. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, of course. So, <laughs> so you know, you've had years. Twenty-four-seven. <laughs> yeah, you had years of it. Hundred percent. Yeah, and the lack of a break. I mean, everyone, you know, you can work in the job really hard Monday to Friday, and that break off Saturday and Sunday makes you go back to handling the job the next week. But when you experience these obstacles and you just can't, you just can't get a break. Yeah. Decades and decades of build-up of negativity um, can have a really negative impact. And knowing how to do self-care is essential to help us repair and rejuvenate. I, um, so that we can go forward positively. Now, Nina, can you give us some examples of what you consider is good self-care in relation to you? For me, non-negotiable is sleep. That's my foundation because it has such an instrumental impact on everything else, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'll go back to health and happiness. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here for me and I am the sun in my world. So if I can maintain the center of my mass, then everything around it orbiting will work with that. And if all that fails, tinfoil hat. I'll make one and post it to you. Yeah. But definitely. I, I'm, I mean, in terms of happiness, you know, enjoying playing, just, the, you know, going back to basics for me, because if I, if I'm joyful and happy, then that has an impact on my health and vice versa. So the health parts of the non-negotiables, the sleep, the activity, whether it's going for a walk and being out with nature or playing a sport or trying something new or reconnecting with something else that you did. That's also important to maintain that because it will then have an impact on your happiness and vice versa. So it's just that constant going around. But my number one is sleep, most mm. underrated and underestimated yeah i agree that's my that's one of my 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 bad things like i'm i i don't i i'm i'm up at one two o'clock sometimes i get a bed i'm up at i'm up at six and i could sometimes do that but i'll do that but when i'm tired i'll take time out but that's one thing i know that is my is is one of my major faults and something that i want to learn to work on because as much as i am running around and doing things and i've always got a smile on my face i know that I can't keep doing this all the time. And I, I have to take time out and I've got to sleep and I've got to rest and that sort of stuff. So it is, it's, it's ownership. It's ownership. That's how I see is that advice. Is ownership. Of, you know, the uh, good, um, good self-care is to, for you to try and master your sleep. Because that, that's, that's an ongoing track, um, um, activity for you, isn't it? Mastering yeah. your sleep. Yeah, it's something that I know. There's, if, it, if there's anything else, I think I'm great at everything else that I do and run around and take care of myself and training and eating right. But my, but the thing I'm bad at is my sleep. And that's the thing I know that will be the thing that will slow me down. And the thing I'll be kicking myself for because I'm in charge of that. Nobody else, just Jennifer's in charge of that. So I am listening to you again in like now. It's like I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about it again this morning and someone's just told me just now fix up yeah and it's 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 the quality of the sleep as well you know in terms of like screen devices and when to get up and you know when you do wake up getting outside for 20 30 minutes of the day so the looks hits the like a super climax 
that's something within the brain that there's just so much yeah we'll prioritize other elements of our life for example diet activity but yet sleep is the biggest foundation to all of those that's what i think and the tinfoil hat i'm really going with the tinfoil hat tonight that's that's um that's truth nina not the tinfoil hat but that sleep is the foundation (laughs) but i will say that if there is something that you know that you you know you have the awareness that you should be devoting more time to it or you should be doing differently i always say pair it with pleasure so if your thing is not wanting to go to bed because i hate going to bed i'm like a little girl when it comes to going to bed like let me stay up later I'm having too much fun, but I had to figure out a way to tempt myself into the bedroom. (laughs) So I invested in really, really, you know, luxurious sheets. Um, I've I've got a lavender eye pillow that I put over my eyes. I give myself a hand massage, obviously, before I put the lavender eye pillow on. But, you know, like I have these things that have I developed a ritual that I really look forward to. I've got a weighted blanket, you know, just all this stuff to get me to bed. Because if it's not pleasurable, if there's not some element in pleasure, whatever the healthy habit, quote unquote, healthy habit that we're that we're we're hoping to incorporate into our lives, if there's no pleasure or joy in it, then it's just going to feel like one more obligation, one more thing we have to do. And you know, as Anita uh, said earlier, you know, in midlife we have all of these responsibilities and all of these. A lot of us have a lot of rules that we have to follow that we wish we didn't have to. <laughs> um, and so even though it's good for us, if it, if there's no pleasure in it, it can often feel like we're just, you know, okay, so it's one more thing I've got to do one more th- and we'll resent it and we won't do it. The emotional brain always wins and the emotional brain loves fun and pleasure and comfort and safety. So any elements of that that you can work into your team, you know, helps enormously. Yeah, habit stacking. <laughs> Yes. The chimp over the gorilla. Yes. (laughs) Or even taking naps. Again, another underrated. Yeah. Well, I live in Spain, the home of the siesta. So, we're all coming. We're all coming in with you and yeah. in your bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this. To you. I think it's come to an end. It's actually been lovely talking. I'm going to walk away feeling more positive um, and happier. And I hope the listeners have absorbed some of our wise words, and that they will have a fabulous week with self-care and realisation and understanding and shutting the door when people irritate them or just shutting the door just for the sake of it. So with, I my loose. <laughs> with my dance. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast. If you wish to keep up to date with future podcasts, please, please, please follow and follow where you listen to um, your um, podcasts, whether it's Google or whatever or on Apple, please follow my podcast. Also, if you wish to contact me, you can do so by emailing me on blackmenobeyond at yahoo.com. And you can also follow all my social media. um, And that is blkmenobeyond at... um, and that's at Twitter, Instagram, and also I have a Facebook-like page. 
or you can follow me directly on my Twitter page, which is I am Anita Powell. Stay well, keep in contact with future shows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.